0: you guys. Uh, how many of you guys are getting ready for Christmas? How are we feeling? How many of you are 50% ready for Christmas? How many of you are 75% ready for Christmas? How many of you are 100% ready for Christmas? Uh, we love you people. You guys are awesome because you know, you're so prepared. <laughs> uh, how many of you love Christmas music? Love it. You just love it. It's the best. Love it. Okay. How many of you, this is the real test. How many of you have been listening to Christmas music since November? Okay. I mean that's not too weird. Uh how about October though? How many of y'all been listening to Christmas music since October? <laughs> you're not as you're not as proud now. September, anybody been listening to Christmas music since September? Okay, so here's the thing. If this music is really that good, you should be listening to it all year round. Why wouldn't you, right? I mean if it's that good, why wouldn't you be? But here's the thing. How how many of y'all know? Some of the lyrics of Christmas songs is weird. I'll give you a couple examples. He sees you when you're sleeping. (laughs) He knows when you're awake. (laughs) Stalker! It's creepy, man. Golly. How many of y'all remember that song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus? There's some disturbing lines in that song. Here's one of them Oh, what a laugh it would be, or it would have been to see, or if Daddy had seen Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Like, this kid's like, it'd been awesome if Dad would have caught Mom in an affair. <laughs> that kid needs Jesus, it's messed up. How about this one? A child, a child, shivering in the cold. What should we bring him? Let us bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket or some warm soup or something like that? The kid's freezing like he's cold. What should you bring him? Ah, Precious metals. That's what makes the most sense to me. We do say that Jesus is the reason for the season, but what God said was the the real reason for the season is the lost and broken of this world. That's why the word says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So just a reminder, our candlelight services are planned for two primary purposes. One, your family, bring them all. Bring mom, dad, grandma, grandkids, all that. And we'll reflect on scripture, we'll sing songs, we'll celebrate the birth of Jesus. But the second reason is for us to invite some lost people, people who are disconnected from church, dechurched, unchurched. That's the real reason, honestly, why Jesus came. And I think we have an opportunity to participate with him in that reason. So maybe it's a neighbor, someone that you work with, a friend, But this is the season for God to use us. And the fact is this, without a doubt, you invite somebody that you know doesn't really know the Lord, someone that is away from the Lord, you invite them at any time to come to church, but a lot of times people are more open to come to church during the holiday season. It's just a fact. But if you invite them and then you you learn that they accepted Jesus, that is the best Christmas present you will ever receive. It's amazing. Uh, But but we have to do our part. A recent study done by the Billy Graham Association showed that 82%, 82% of unchurched people would come to church if they received a personal invite. But the same study also showed that only 2% of Christians even bothered to give the invite. So let's not let that be our church. Amen. Let's not let that be us. And so around you, we've got these invitations. The reason why we print these is a simple way for you to invite people. And, and if you will, I want everyone, if you can, anybody that has one around you, put it in your hand right now. And I, I want to pray over this. And I, I want to pray that by his Holy Spirit, the Lord would create divine appointments. Okay. What I mean by that is that every once in a while, you can just tell that it's God's timing. Like the only way that this would have worked out is for God's hand to orchestrate it. And and I want us to pray that God would give us divine appointments that sometime over the next couple of weeks leading up to candlelight, that he would put us in the path of someone who needs the hope of Jesus, that needs to hear what this is really about and that you would have a chance to invite them. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We ask for your favor. We ask for your mercy and grace. And I ask, Father, that you would anoint even these pieces of paper. Lord, that you would give us eyes to see the people that are around us. Your eyes to see people around us. That you would put us in the path of someone. And That you would give us the boldness. You give us the wisdom and discernment to see them and to invite them. Use us in that way, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. To keep in theme with the Advent today, I want to talk to you about peace. And one of the top phrases that you'll hear around Christmas is peace on earth, peace on earth. You can see it printed and displayed all over the place. Unfortunately, you can't see it in people too often especially this time of year. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I don't know about you, but it it, it stresses me out just driving past Walmart this time of year. Like not even going into the parking lot, not going into the store, just driving past that place. It stresses me out because there are rednecks that haven't been in public all year, that start coming out of caves and bunkers from all over the state to do a little shopping for the holidays. And it is incredibly interesting and captivating people watching, but incredibly stressful for me to be around people because people start to lose their minds, right? Like, it's crazy how quickly we lose the focus. It's like peace on earth. Get out of my way. I I get that TV. No, it was mine. No, it's just crazy. How that can happen. There's not always a lot of peace around these times. It also wasn't peaceful for Joseph and Mary. Think about that the first Christmas. First of all, they're on a family trip, not a vacation, a family trip, and they're getting ready to pay taxes. That's not fun for anyone. Like, that's where they're going. And she's nine months pregnant on a donkey. You can imagine some of the conversation that happened on that trip, man. And imagine the rumors surrounding her pregnancy. Like she's pregnant and she's having to tell her family, I promise I didn't sleep with Joseph, it was God. And they're like, right, sure. That's going to wind up on Maury Povic, right, at some point. But 700 years before that first Christmas, this is what Isaiah said. We've already talked about this verse this morning for a child, is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then at the first Christmas, the angels, they came and appeared to the shepherds and said, again in Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. So Isaiah announces it. The angels announce this. This peace. And Jesus' entire ministry is about being peace on earth. Before he goes to heaven, he says this in John 14 27, I am giving you the gift of peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. He's saying that this is the kind of gift that I give, and no one else can give you this gift. Like you can't get this peace in a bottle with pills, with a hobby, or some codependent relationship. You only get this through Jesus. There's no experience that can give you this kind of peace. The kind of peace that he gives, only he can give. It isn't a peace the world can ever offer. Like even if John Lennon's song, Imagine, came true, how many of y'all remember that song? Let me read through the lyrics. It's kind of disturbing, quite honestly. Here are the lyrics. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. That's not hard to imagine. That's how everybody lives these days. They just live in today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us. Here's the thing. Even if all of this happened, it would be fragile and it would be phony, like the Truman Show. How many of y'all remember that movie? Like, this wouldn't be real. And then he says, and the world would be as one. Has there ever been a broken peace treaty before, ever, in the history of mankind? Like every peace treaty, I think, has been broken at one point or another. Why? Because man-made peace doesn't work. You've probably tried it. Like, okay, I, I'm, I'm just going to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be at peace. Peace. And my spouse is gonna be home in five minutes and we are not gonna fight. And five seconds after they get home, bam, you're fighting. Because you can't manufacture peace. I want this to be the greatest season that you've ever had. And I don't mean just the Christmas season. I mean, as we are living in a world where there is anything but peace, I want us to be the bride of Christ, the body of believers that have this unexplainable supernatural peace that we walk in. But I think we have to understand where that really comes from and be aware of the ways that we can surrender it, where we can lose it. It's a gift, and I want you to get the real gift. Here are some common testers of peace. Unavoidable circumstances that can test your peace. These are just the things that happen to you in life as a result of you living life. Just unavoidable things. Financial hits. Getting laid off. Unexpected financial hits. You can't always plan for when you're going to have to replace the engine in your Jeep. It just happens. And those things can have a tendency to steal joy. What about health hits, sickness, scary diagnosis? It's the circumstance that hits you and it can suck the peace right out of your life. Our 26th president, Teddy Roosevelt, man, he was tough as nails. He was a man's man an amazing leader, but it all changed in one day because in one day, both his mom and his wife died in the same day, in the same day, and it took him down. He moved to a ranch, became a recluse for four years, ripped his piece out. And maybe you felt like because of something like that or just some other circumstance that was unavoidable, that you feel like you've had a gut punch to your peace. Like when you get a gut punch, it just takes the air out of you and it's hard to catch your breath again. And sometimes that's what it feels like when these things happen. It's like, I just can't get my peace back. It's knocked out of you. Well, if you've ever felt that way, you're in a lot of biblical company. Guys like Jeremiah, he said this in chapter four, verse twenty. Disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed. My shelter in a moment. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but just being honest, like over the last couple months in my life, I feel like I've it's just been a lot of hits and kind of one after another. And it's financial, and then it's personal, and then it's something with my family, and then it's something in ministry, and then it and it's just one thing after another, and. And I have had to learn to practice what I'm trying to preach. And and I know that the enemy would love to put me in a position where I don't have the moral authority to challenge you according to the truth of the word of God. And I'm not saying that I've just like, it's been fine, not even a blip. No, I've had to apply the things that I want to teach you today. But there has been just a lot of just unavoidable situations and circumstances and i've had to learn how do i guard my peace another thing that happens unbearable people unbearable people we all have people that can potentially steal our peace sometimes it is circumstances and sometimes it's people that'll try to to take it there's a lot of different Scenarios where this may happen for you, okay? But I, I think this this year for me it can be like the perfect storm because there's there's a couple of areas that that I can have a tendency. What typically happens with me? I lose my patience, and then I lose my peace. That's the order. Like I lose my patience, and then peace gone. Okay, so so two factors that could do that in my life: driving. Driving can happen, that that can happen for me, okay? But then shopping. So this is like the perfect storm this time of year. It's one of the reasons why I avoid the Walmart parking lot, okay? Because what'll happen is I I don't shop, I hunt. I go to a store knowing what I'm gonna get and I go in and I kill it and I pay for it, okay? That's what I do, okay? So I'm just trying to get it and get out. But there are people that just don't understand. They don't understand how to drive. They don't understand how to shop. They don't understand that a parking lot is designed to where the angle of your parking spot gives you this huge hint of which direction down that road you're supposed to drive. But you will still have these people that are just so special, that are here on earth with us all. And they will think that they, the rules do not apply to them. And they will be driving right down the wrong way of one of those rows. And, and it's silly. But in that moment, I'm like, patience gone. Peace gone. I don't want to be here anymore. But there's some way more serious situations with people. And coming into the holiday season, there's a really good chance that all of us are going to interact with someone and you can, you, can, you can think about them right now. You know who this person is. You're like, I know they will challenge my ability to have peace. And some of you are like, they are sitting next to me right now. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. You look right at me. Do not look at them. You, you look straight ahead, straight ahead. We cannot shut down service to do counseling with you right now. But there are people that are incredibly difficult. And some of you, as you go into the holiday season, and again, we know what we're supposed to be focusing on, but you're going to be in the situation where there's tension and it's just like just below the surface. And everybody's trying to do their best to just focus on the holiday and focus on Christmas, but it's under there. And when you're in those situations, Merry Christmas is like the bless your heart of the holiday season. So when you're saying Merry Christmas, you're meaning what bless your heart means. So you're like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Okay, well, Merry Christmas to you and all your kids. Merry Christmas to you and your mama. And it's just right there. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Merry Christmas and mean it with all of your heart and bless you. Matthew 5, 9 says this, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. The fact is the goal shouldn't be just to try to survive around people that could steal your peace. The goal shouldn't be just to cope or just kind of make your way, try to avoid the people that could potentially steal your peace. God has called us to be conduits and facilitators of his peace. So let me challenge you with this. Instead of going into these environments where you know that some of these people are that could have a potential for you to surrender your peace to them, instead of going in and just being a thermometer where you read the temperature, And just try to avoid letting your temperature get too high where you blow a gasket. Instead of that, go into the situation as a thermostat and say, I'm not just going to try to avoid these people, but I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me see them the way that Christ sees them. And I want to give them the patience and the grace that Jesus has given to me. And if I can do that, not only can I not just play defense to where someone doesn't steal my peace, but I can go and be a facilitator of peace. Because a lot of times the reason why people are so ornery and the reason why hurt people hurt people is they just need to see some of the character of Jesus displayed in their life. And maybe if you just go and love them a little bit and just be a facilitator, say, I'm not just gonna be here like, oh man, there they are again. They're doing the same thing they always do. They're saying the same thing they always say. It gets under my skin. I can't stand. Their voice is just annoying. The pitch of it, it sounds very nasally, whatever it is. Instead of just sitting back and witnessing all that, you say, no, I'm an ambassador of peace. And I'm gonna walk into this environment and I'm gonna show them the grace that I've been shown. What if we went with that type of perspective? We live in a culture where it says if we're attacked, we have the right to get our justice. Okay, so an example would be social media. My name has been slandered, I have been attacked, falsely accused, all kinds of stuff on social media. And every time that happens, I, I have to come to this place where, I, where I'll see it, and here's the thing: I, I'm not saying I'm perfect in the way I respond. My flesh, I'm still a man, and so when I see those things, I'm like I'm like, I'm good with words. And I could type something right now that would make this person feel like a total idiot. And what would it help? All of hell would rejoice. Even if I win, I don't win, I lose. Because the character of Christ was not displayed. And so anytime something like that happens, I think, what is the flavor of Jesus? How would Jesus respond? How did Jesus respond when he was attacked? And I think that's a good thing for you to consider as you're around these people that, Maybe that's what they do. They attack, and it can steal your peace. How would you respond like Christ would respond? Also, unexplainable problems. Here's the deal. When we get to heaven, we're going to be like, oh, now I understand. One day when we're in the presence of God, we're going to have full understanding of why everything happened, and it's going to make perfect sense but we're not in heaven. So there's a lot of unexplainable things that happen, but we have lots of great testimonies. You know, Job never saw the why behind his problems. Job never saw, he never had an explanation of why. And if you don't know the story of Job, go read it because it's gonna make all your problems seem like first world problems but he never had an explanation. He just saw his God and that was enough. But these things will happen. The fact is, we have to have a clear understanding of what peace actually looks like. So I wanna wanna look at the misconception and then teach you how to grab real peace. A lot of it comes from understanding the context of a verse that we've already shared today In Luke 2, 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom the qualifier is next. And this is so important. Who gets the peace? On those that have his favor. It's where his favor rests. Other translation says, with whom he is pleased. Okay, so the fact is not everybody gets the peace. His peace rests where his favor is. That's where you get it. It actually never says God is going to bring peace on earth. It says on earth, peace will be with those who God rests his favor. In fact, Jesus actually said this. In Luke 12, 52, he said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth, but division." What is he talking about? He's saying that his message of repentance would be offensive and people and families would be divided over whether or not they would follow him or not, whether they would surrender to him or not. But could you imagine sending that Christmas card out? Merry Christmas, hoping Jesus divides all things in your life this year. Wherever God's favor is, his peace is there too. So back to Isaiah said, and he will be called the prince of peace. In the Hebrew, that's two words, sar shalom, sar shalom. Sar is the one in charge. It's more than royalty. It means Lord, chief, general. This is where we get the word czar and Caesar, Caesar from. Shalom, the definition of this, and this is still the common greeting in Jewish culture And in Israel, shalom, to be safe, sound, healthy, perfect, complete. It signifies a sense of well-being and harmony both within and without. Completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, rest. The absence of agitation or discord. A state of calm without anxiety or stress. How many of y'all would love to have some of that? Okay. Jesus is in charge of that peace. If you want that peace, you have to submit your life to the one who's in charge of that peace. In every area. In all areas. How do you walk in true peace? So I wanna go back to a pretty well-known verse for most of us. But this is one of the verses that I lean into, that I will quote, that I will remind my own spirit of. And over the last couple of months, I've gone to this a ton. Philippians 4, 4 through verse seven. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, Rejoice. Within the original Greek and or Hebrew, anytime something is repeated, it's like caps lock, bolded explanation point. So he's saying rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Like always, always? Like all the times? Yeah. Like rejoice in the Lord when the hogs stink? Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord when somebody else killed that buck that I've been trying to get for years. Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord when I lose my job. Rejoice in the Lord when I get that diagnosis, that health diagnosis. It could be fatal. Yeah. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, but a lot of times what it says is when you look at the Literary context, a lot of times it's, it's giving you what will happen as a result of something else you apply. It'll give you the result first and tell you, then tell you how, how do you get to that place where you truly can rejoice always. So let's keep reading. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Okay, so that's still the result. And then it starts getting into the how. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to manufacture a peace that's not tied to eternity. We're trying to manufacture a peace that's not tied to a supernatural God. And if you're trying to do that, it will fail because you're still trying to manufacture something that's subject to a natural and broken world. But what he's saying is, if you'll walk through these steps, if you'll walk through these steps, then you get that peace that's beyond how smart you are how capable you are, how gifted you are, and anything that anybody would try to make sense of, you can have a peace that's beyond all of that. And that peace will protect your feelings, your heart, your emotions, and your thoughts, your mind, your intellect, your knowledge in Christ Jesus. So let's unpack it. How do you get real peace? First of all, realize it's his peace, not yours. It's his peace, not yours. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. So this is what, it's giving us the instruction. When you get to this place, here's what you do practically with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In 1988, there was a woman who had veered off a road that was near a cliff. She went through the guardrail and the vehicle was just teetering on the edge of this cliff and was almost about to fall. Some people saw it happen, pull off, stopped, and they went and they got some ropes out of one of the people's car and they tied it to the back of this woman's car to try to hold it down from going over the cliff. 1988, they didn't have cell phones, so somebody had to drive, find a phone. They made a call, but it was a while before the fire And the search and rescue, those guys showed up and were trying to rescue this woman. So two and a half hours, 25 different people using equipment and all this were trying to save this woman in this car. But every time the car would move, the lady would scream and she would repeat the same phrase over and over again. So eventually when they got her out of the car, got her safe, And later in an interview, the fire chief recounted how the lady, every time the car would move, even to safety, she would say this phrase, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Really? How's that working out for you? But this is how the world lives. The world says, I don't need God. And maybe we do that sometimes too. If we don't do that, a lot of us, what we do say is, I don't need the body of Christ. I don't need anybody to come and tie some ropes and rescue, be the hands and feet of Jesus. I don't need biblical community. It's just me and God. I'll do it myself. I venture to say that's not going too good for you because you were created to be connected to the body of Christ. But the deeper thing is, you're not really trusting the Lord. You're trying to get this peace on your own. I'll do it myself. The beginning of real peace is the prayer and petition of admitting that you don't have what it takes. You can't fabricate true peace. If your peace is based on what you can control and understand, then you have not yet experienced godly peace. There has to come to a place of confession and submission to the ultimate power and authority of God's word if you ever want to get to the place where you experience godly peace it's when you have the word of god hidden in your heart so you may not sin against him and it's when you declare it's when you recite scripture and then live by it verses like john 16:33 these things i've spoken to you that in me you will have peace in the world you will have trouble but be of good cheer i have overcome the world psalm 34:19 Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Now, these are not necessarily scriptures that you've got on your refrigerator or on a bumper sticker, but they are powerful reminders that we will see storms. The wind and the rain will come, but the fact is Jesus has overcome it all. And we need to be reminded of the truth. We need to remind the devil the truth that we're going to lean into. The prayer and petition, the confession of our weakness engages the perfect power of God and allows us to receive his peace. 1 John 4:4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Also, thankfulness brings his peace. Thankfulness brings us peace. Back to that scripture, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Why thanksgiving? Why thanksgiving? Why is that so important? How many of y'all are raising kids? How many of you would say that your kids are thankful all the time? Just like, stop, you are too thankful. I would venture to say that if any of your kids are like that, they're not really thankful. They're incredibly manipulative <laughs> because it's just not inherent. But how many of y'all know, man, when your kid is just genuinely thankful for something, you're like, I am gonna rain down favor on your head. You thought that was candy? I will show you candy. You thought that was a good gift? Wait till you see the next one. Recently, someone said that they don't really like to sing during worship because they don't like their own voice and they really just like to hear our gifted anointed team. I would say that that's missing the point. The point is this. The point is your Heavenly Father wants to hear your broken, off pitch bad singing voice declaring your thankfulness in worship. He wants to hear it. Well, it's in my heart. Okay. Yeah, your kid would say the same thing. I was thankful in my heart. Well, great. Show me. Tell me and show me. And that's what your heavenly father wants to hear and see. Because when you're thankful, it brings you back to his goodness. One of the things that will bring me back into the presence of God and get me recentered more than anything is just going back to the cross. When I return to that point of my salvation. When I return to that moment where I have that remembrance of the reality that I was given unmerited, undeserved grace and mercy. I can't help but be thankful. And sometimes when you're in the situation that's unexplainable or unavoidable or around that person, you've just got to remind yourself that God has still been good and he has still been faithful. And he showed himself in big and small ways over the course of your life. And instead of focusing on this blaring thing or this blaring 10 things or this blaring 100 things, start focusing on the 10,000 reasons why you have reason to give him praise. Start focusing on the 10,000 reasons why he showed, how he's shown his love and his grace and his mercy to you and thank him for it. Admit your weak, petition him, and then be thankful. Elvis Presley once said that he would give a million dollars for one day of peace. And I would have given him this verse for free. But how many in this world and maybe even in this room are spending tens of thousands of dollars trying to obtain peace? And still aren't satisfied. And still feel like we deserve more. The fact is, when I'm in seasons where I'm not walking with God, or even running away from God, I would do anything to get peace back. And I see some of you—you're sitting by, you're looking at people even now—and you—you would love to just stand up right now and yell, "Hey, James, it's this one. This is the guy." Okay. but the fact is every single one of us need to look at ourselves. Are we trusting God? Are we thankful? True peace is first experience in true surrender. The first true surrender happens at salvation. And again, nothing helps me express thankfulness more than remembering that. Supernatural, unexplainable peace starts with accepting supernatural, unexplainable love, grace, and mercy. Remaining thankful keeps us connected to our eternal, supernatural Heavenly Father. The fact is, we've done a lot of different things that have filled the space of our mind, and the space of our emotions to the point where it's too crowded for us to receive the supernatural things that God would want to give us. And so as we petition and as we request, I believe the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to show us some areas where we are living lifestyles and allowing ourselves to be subjected to things that are ultimately crowding our lives to the point that the character, the fruit of the spirit can dwell. And the verse talks about this. As it goes on in verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So I think you've got to be honest with yourself. If you go through this list, if there's a lot of things that you're allowing into your life and you're living around that are not noble and they're not right, they're certainly not pure, they're not lovely, they're not excellent or praiseworthy, really. The world might praise it, but would heaven praise it? And if you've got a lot of those things, okay, be honest about those things. Repent, clear some space, and his peace will hit. His grace will hit. Amen? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Jesus said, the peace, the, I'm gonna give you a peace that only I can give that it's a gift from him. The way that Jesus did this practically is he sent his spirit. And along with the power of his word and the declaration of his word, I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of months and certainly over the course of my life, but in seasons maybe more than others, spent a lot of time engaging with the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things that helps me get back to a place of trusting in God's supernatural peace is to to engage with supernatural gifts. And so for me, and I believe something that the Lord would have for many of us would be those supernatural gifts, the gifts of the spirit that that when we apply those and we walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit day in and day out, those are the things that Keeps our will submitted, keeps us connected to a supernatural God. So, there's a couple of things. First of all, let's be honest and ask the Holy Spirit to revi- reveal anything in us that has taken up the space. It's put us in a position where, even beyond unavoidable circumstances, unexplainable problems, the difficulties of relationships in life, that even above and beyond those, we make choices. We have done some things that have crowded and pushed out the fruit of the Spirit, that have crowded and pushed out our ability to walk in supernatural peace. And let's repent of those things. And as we repent, and as that space is cleared, I would also encourage you, invite the Holy Spirit, That's the embodiment that we have here of the character of Christ, his spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to fill me up. I want everything that you have for me. I need your gifts because they're perfect and supernatural I need that, I need you. There might be some of you though, being really honest with yourself, you recognize right now, you don't know if you've actually ever experienced real peace. You can look at seasons and instances where maybe you thought you had it, but it didn't last because you tried to manufacture it or you trusted in, in something or someone else to bring it. The fact is, God wants us to trust in Him 100% for that peace. He doesn't want us to put our dependency even in our spouses for our peace. He doesn't want us to put our dependence in a job, in a portfolio, in our gifts, and our abilities, and our talents. He wants total and complete surrender and submission to him. That's the only way you get it. And if you're here and you recognize right now, you know what? The reason why I've never really had peace is because I've never truly surrendered. I've never truly submitted my life. And if that's you, the Holy Spirit, he's revealing it. And if you sense conviction, He wants you to respond. And if you're here and you're you're ready to do that, you're ready to respond, I'd love to pray with you. And all I'm gonna ask you to do is just as a sign, as a physical act of your free will, just to say, it's me. No one's looking around and people are praying for you right now that you would have this encounter. But if you know that you, you need to surrender, I want you to put your hand up, make eye contact with me. Right now, okay, I got you, I got you, yes. Thank you ladies, thank you guys. Anyone else, I need to surrender, I'm ready to surrender my life. Yes sir, thank you, thank you guys. I got you guys, thank you. Anyone else, I'm ready to surrender, yes sir. can only be the prince of peace (laughs) if he's your prince of peace he's got to be your savior he's got to be your lord anyone else I'm ready to surrender I'm ready alright Father thank you for being here thank you for meeting with us Lord, I thank you that you're here to encounter every person. Right now, every person that just just did that, just out of of faith, they said, that's me. That's me. I thank you, Lord, that right now they're beginning to sense your grace, your mercy. And I pray that your peace would come and rest on them in an overwhelming way right now, in a way that is unexplainable. Some of them are in the fight of their life. They have things that are so overwhelming, so crushing, but even now they can sense, man, my connection, my connection to God, the creator of the universe. It's beginning to clear my vision and help me see that my hope is not based in temporary things, that my hope is eternal. My hope is supernatural. My hope is powerful. And he has a name, Jesus. And I want you just to to say a prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm broken and I'm lost without you. And right now I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for it. I believe that you rose from the grave and you defeated sin and you defeated death. And I know that I'm not gonna be perfect, but I know that your mercies are new every morning. And I know that when I make mistakes, because you defeated sin, I can come back to you. I can turn, I can get right. And I also thank you that because of the cross and because you defeated death, I have the hope of heaven. But my prayer would be, let your kingdom come, let your will be done now in my life as it is in heaven. I can stay connected to this perfect peace that only comes from you. I can be connected by your spirit to every good thing that you have for me, no matter how bad things get around me. I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. I want you to have control. Lord, I thank you for meeting with us. And if you made a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, the word says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus was raised from the grave. What you just prayed, then you're saved. And the reason why it's important that you declare, the reason why it's important you tell people, it solidifies faith in you. It declares to the enemy who you belong to. But it also enlists the body of Christ to encourage you, support you. So tell somebody as soon as you can. and When, it, when the opportunity is given, go public with your faith through water baptism. We'd also just love to know about it. Cause you may not know what your next steps are, you can let us know on a connect card. Even better, here in a second, as we worship, our prayer team down is down here at the front. And if you made a decision to follow Jesus, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you understand what some next steps can be in your walk and in your journey with Christ. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. Lord, I pray that for the rest of this service, we wouldn't be in a hurry to leave this place. And I pray that your peace would manifest in this room like a wave. Or would you move from wall to wall? Would it overwhelm anxiousness? Would it overwhelm depression? Would it overwhelm fear? Would it overwhelm anxiety? Would it overwhelm the cares, the concerns? Supernatural, unexplainable, but undeniable. Peace, peace. In Jesus' name.